shit. Oh my, let's just end breaking news. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. What a week, what a week, man. Welcome to the No Bullshit News Hour again. I, I hate doing the show this week, it's weird. You know, I like people, I like touching people. Before we get going, uh, Facebook Live is brought to you by Grow Green. Uh, soil nutrients, lights, the supply chain issues will become a problem, so get stocked up. Now's a great time to go get your green thumb on. Start with your own home growing kit for your seeds, for your green. Uh, Start learning something relaxing and important in this stressful time. Curbside pickup is available on all phone and uh, online orders. Grow green, making Michigan greener, one grower at a time on M36 at Wentmore Lake or online at growgreenmi.com. And always American Coney Island, uh, they're closed, but the Coney kits are going berserk. I mean, they're going berserk. So get a little bit of Detroit delivered to your home. It's a matter of national security. Go to AmericanConeyIsland.com and have all the fixings, the dogs, the chili, the onions delivered to your door. Um, very pleased today we're going to have uh, Chief of Detroit Police, James Craig, who's been furloughed, tested positive for coronavirus. His ranks have been hit, I don't want to say decimated, but they've been hit very hard. But before we get going, hi, Karen, you look well. Hey, Charlie. Bobby, how you doing? Hey, Charlie, we're hanging in there. Yeah, I thought you died last week, dude. You were sick as a dog, and I hear from you. Yeah, it was uh, it was regular flu, and uh, but I got over it, and uh, so you know, getting through. Right on. All right, Mark, how are you, brother? I'm always good. You know that. Oh. <laughs> All right, let me do this. Look, this is serious. Here's the ledger of doom right now. Michigan is has now the third most cases in the United States, eleven thousand with over four hundred deaths. The epicenter of this, I, 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 I don't even know what to say anymore is the Wayne County Jail. As I speak, the commander of the jails has died. Three people are on ventilators. These are just employees. Three people are on ventilators. Six others are hospitalized. 61 employees have tested positive for corona. 80 are furloughed. About a third of the deputies are out of commission. And the kicker is we're releasing inmates to the streets and halfway houses who haven't been tested. I know a lot of you don't give a shit about them, but they're human beings. They touch other human beings. And for the life of me, I don't know where the leadership in this state, in this county, in this city. I don't know why there aren't any press reports. This is ground zero. The bus driver that blew the whistle on DDOT, we don't have anything. Remember him? They went on strike for part of a day. He died. The economy, nine million people have filed for unemployment in the last two weeks. In Michigan, that's 450,000 and our computers keep crashing, our unemployment website. That means in the United States of America during this economic tsunami, one out of 20 newly unemployed people is a resident of Michigan. So this is, I didn't want to stay killing us, but we got some serious digging out to do. And I would really encourage everybody, drop the partisan politics, drop the, you know, the bullshit you're saying to each other on social media and figure out a way to work with each other because we're going to need each other. What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, I, you put it pretty succinctly. 
Thank you. It's, it's, we're in an, it's, you know, I hate to use the word unprecedented because that word is overused, but we're in a time that uh, is you know, territory and we need to do in novel things. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's a, 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 ba a basic income, you know, everybody gets a check or, you know, uh, you, you tell employers that the government is going to pay for the workers, keep their jobs, don't lay people off. You know, um, I, I don't know what the answer is, but something big and bold needs to be done because this is something that is, I'm 50 years old, never faced in my lifetime, never saw Look, on a scale. The underpinnings weren't there. I think no, we've been saying this for years. Here's what we saw. When people miss one paycheck, the cascading calamity of this economy, one pay, it was papered over with debt. And now look at us. So it's not very good here. You look at everything. That, look at our schools, our roads, our water, our power grid, our unemployment website. Yeah, it's clear that um, we weren't prepared for something like this. And the, the, the thought that keeps popping in my head is the whole um, government is the enemy until you need a friend. And, I, and that goes from the low level to the high level. Like you, nobody likes the government in their life until you need something. And the unknown right now is nobody knows how to handle this. It's very scary. It's very frightening. Even the people in charge, sometimes it, the perception is they don't know how to handle this. Some do, some don't. And, you know, it's the unknown. Humans hate the unknown. Well, you know, we're going to have the, uh, the chief on in a moment. That's a guy that does. The police do. So they know what to, now you see in government who really does, because yeah. there's nothing here. I'm sorry. There's no school plan, right? Here, here governors, school board people, you want to know what you do? Everybody graduates. Everybody just says, go to the next grade. Let's be done with it. Stop arguing. Amen. Every kid moves along. Unless it's the kid who didn't show up for 80% of the, of the year. So you know what you do with him? You test him. Because if you don't test him and give him the opportunity, you're going to get sued. So just move everybody along. Let's get going and start digging out of this. That, that seems simple to me. Yeah, and you got to do it in a, in a mass quantity, though. You start nitpicking the this whole thing with money, with loans. Well, yeah, and you know, you can't even worry about the, the, if the kid stayed. He would have been, he would have tested and maybe failed and been held back because, you know, like you said, he's you're going to get sued any either way. You, I mean, you either put them, let them all finish, or let them all go. Unless, of course, you didn't put your kid in school. That's well, on you. Yeah. Now, now here's the thing, though, and I I know this might seem radical, but. This thing isn't going to last forever, and maybe, you know, we'll be good by June 1st. What's wrong with sending the kids back to school in July? Maybe they don't get to start in early September. I'm all for but that. July. <laughs> Why not? You well, know? I, would, I would say well, that's not a bad idea, but, you know, I don't expect everybody to move like that. Change up your summer jobs. You know, uh, there's things to do with uh, the infrastructure. I, I don't know, air conditioning. Exactly. You know how our schools are. Yeah. So well, the teachers, just the move along. Happen. Move along. You missed two months of school. One, one, one year out of your life. I'm with Just you. Just move along. Yep. Amen. Let's not fucking fight over. We got a lot to do. You know yeah, what I mean? That's true. That's true. And All right. I, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't remember my school days that well, but how much did you really learn in the last six weeks of school anyway? <laughs> right. You know, you were fucking around like, all right, it's summertime. But see what you just did? What you just do? 
Do that again. Do that again. Summertime. Do it again. Do it again. Why? Do just do it again. Do it. Summertime. Not again, but do it again. I'm making a point here. Do it again. Action. Summertime. I'd like to welcome in the chief of police, sir. Guess what you got? You got all Detroit school kids going. Summertime. Uh oh. <laughs> interesting time, Charlie. Very interesting. Sir, it is. It is because. Um, can you? I know you got the numbers there. Probably. Can you tell yeah. me how this? Um, first of all, how are you? You know, I appreciate you asking, Charlie. I appreciate you and Karen. Y'all been reaching out and checking on my health, and uh, uh, I got to tell you, for the first time. Uh, since I tested positive, I, I can start to feel a little stronger. Appetite's returning. I had no appetite. Uh, and, and again, I'm not complaining because, you know, I've, I've been able to quarantine at home uh, with, with the disease. Uh, there are many, as you know, that are in hospitals fighting for their life. And so I'm hoping and praying that uh, this thing doesn't continue to get worse, but that it, I'm moving now in the right direction. Uh, so I, I really count my blessings on this. What's it feel like? You know, I, I tell you for me, you know, like so many here in Michigan, I noticed this when I got back from California, seasonal allergies in this state are horrible. And when you're talking about going from winter to spring, you know, over the last three weeks, you know, the, the, the burning eyes, coughing, headaches, the, all the things that we know, very flu-like. And so, it, it, you know, my cough just kind of continued. And so I started listening to all the COVID. I didn't want to believe that I could have it, but I was strongly urged, you probably need to get tested. And so I did that uh, on last Thursday. And one week ago today, I found out I was positive. And so, um, again, it could have been worse. Not that it still can't get worse, but I'm optimistic. But, you, you know, Charlie, when you talk about the impact to the police department, you know, as of today, right now, today, we have a total of 114 members of our organization who have tested positive. Of that number, 97 are sworn, 17 are civilians. Now, when you talk about quarantine, that's the number that is uh, largely talked about in the media. Right now, as of today, sworn and civilian, we have 636 members quarantined. Uh, of that number, 509 are sworn members, 127 are civilian. 509. That's out of about 2,500, right? Yes. So when you look at, when you look at, now there's some good news. We've had, since we started the quarantine, 175 have returned. And every day we're returning. You know, many times our members get quarantined because there's a possibility they came in contact with someone who's COVID positive. Some may be exhibiting some symptoms. So some are on what we call self-quarantine or order quarantine. Uh, this department has taken a very, very aggressive posture uh, because, one, we recognize that if we care about the people that do this work, we don't want to take chances. Let's get them out of the workplace. 
so they can get tested at some point if necessary and, and move on. Uh, but I don't think there's any other department that's had the impact. I've talked to my colleague out in uh, San Francisco. Uh, as, as many cases they have in the city, it's not even close. Why is that? What you know, Charlie, that, that's the biggest mystery. And, and I, I want to say in a large part is because we have taken an aggressive position. Uh, but then we've had two that we lost. We lost a, a, a decorated and very popular leader, one of our captains who ran our homicide team. John Parnell. Remember John him. Parnell, wonderful man, strong leader. Before him, we lost a 911 call taker. And when you talk about being prepared, Charlie, and I know this is a big thing for you. Uh, when we built our $8 million new communications center, one of the things I pushed and pushed and pushed for was to have a backup center or a fallback center. Why? Because in any city, if your communication center goes down via terror attack or any other major issue, what do we do about answering calls for service? And so we need to have a backup. So in this instance, when that one call taker uh, got ill and later we found out after his death that he was COVID positive, we ended up um, closing down uh, the $8 million communication system. We transitioned very quickly. On Linden, on Linden Street, Linden. Yeah. Open let me tell you. Let me tell you a story about Linden. Okay. This this was a couple of years ago before you got here. Somebody was murdered right there, right there. You know where you you put your swipe card in to get into the center. Yeah. And he laid and he laid there on the sidewalk in front of the police's nine one one headquarters for like four hours. Four hours. Yeah. Can't make this shit up. Wow. Can't make it up. Let me say this then. So here's what I know. You quarantine, you go back on the job. We don't know what this damn thing is. We don't know that, you know, whether even if you had it, couldn't you catch it again? You know, like this, this could go on for months. So here's what I know. We got a lot of hungry people in this town that aren't going to get an unemployment check, right? Because they didn't file tax or what have you. We're going to have the kids running around. We're put, letting the inmates back on the street because the jails are a horror show. Um, you've got cops that are out. This could be a long summer for the Detroit police. Are you planning for that? Uh, the answer is resoundingly yes, we are. You know, when this thing opened its door with us, uh, we started talking contingencies right out the gate. The what ifs. Again, I had no idea that I'd be sitting here talking to you today or where we were two weeks ago, but just instinctively, I knew that we needed to start planning for the worst, the worst scenario. And so one of the things we started talking about as far as a contingency, that what if a large number of our stations start shutting down, uh, employees are getting sick, quarantines, and so we started talking about, you know, dismantling those units that are more support in nature, like all our specialized investigative units and putting them back in patrol. Well, we've done that. In fact, we've moved 80 staff, 80 sworn officers back into those precincts that have been most impacted. Um, uh, 
you know, from our specialized units. One of the specialized units, you know, we work in in federal task force. Yeah. The FBI, ATF, uh, no longer DEA, but all of them we work in these task force. So we ended up moving all of our task force officers back into the precincts. It just seemed it was the right thing to do because the task force really wasn't operating anyway. Wait, what do you mean there? I mean, what are the feds doing? So you took the cops and so what are the task forces doing? Well, you know, daily? some of the federal law enforcement agencies, frankly, are, are furloughed. Wait, what? Furloughed. Now, wait, 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 wait. What do you mean? What, what do you mean? Furloughed. Well, the, all, co- the, the, the federal law enforcement is not working? Well, I would imagine they have certain segments, but in terms of their enforcement ground, the people that we work with, they're not working. So, oh, 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 what? is this because is this because of the COVID nineteen, or is this for something else? COVID nineteen. I mean, well, let, so let me, let me know, just like the, and, but, but I want to make this point, Charles. I think it needs to wow. be made. When you talk about our first responders, I'm talking about local police, state police county sheriffs, and I'm going to add in our federal uniformed officers like ICE. I'm sure the Capitol Police are still working. Uniformed officers are still on the ground, first responders in the face of this unknown danger. Those are our heroes. They're the ones that are still out there doing the work. And even though we have investigative staff, just like those in our federal, with our federal partners, Our investigative staff, guess what they're doing now? Many of them are donning uniforms. They're wearing uniforms and they're in scout cars responding to calls for service. Local law enforcement, first responders, these brave men and women are still out there going to work. Kudos to them. But as you know, one one cop told me, it's half joking, but I'm right right here when you're with us. You're not picking up bullshit crime anymore. I mean, you're going to have no. to, right? Right? We're not. You know, we're not. Everybody's got to behave themselves. Well, you you're, know, not, you're not going to pick them up. Well, let me just say this, um, and you might remember about a week and a half or so ago, uh, I came out with an encouragement order, basically to say, let's not focus on those nonviolent misdemeanors, those low-level offenses. Number one, for two reasons trying to, you know, minimize police officers' contact unnecessarily. We know that they're going to have to go into situations, whether it's a high-level misdemeanor like a criminal sexual conduct or some other high-level misdemeanor or a felony. They're going to have contact with those people. Domestic violence, they're going to have to have contact. But to a lot of this other stuff, so long as this is not a habitual complaint, or somebody who's just wreaking terror in a neighborhood, you know, really don't want them out engaging in non-critical contacts. And so, and, and we're not the only agency doing it. A lot of other agencies have adopted a, a similar practice, uh, and it makes sense. Chief, but, will, will, will some people misinterpret that as, you know, kind of like a open order for low-impact crime? Well, people who don't know, let me just tell you what some people interpret. I've been battling over the last 48 hours people who have nothing to do with their lives but sit on computers <laughs> and, and gossip, monger. Uh, I was dead by all accounts. 
You were putting out in, in, yeah, in social media. On social media. media. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? I it, it is easier, Chief. You do know. Good. And, and it's like, who does that? How about becoming part of the solution? Right. That's true. You know, we're dealing with a serious disease, and somebody thought it was cute to just start an unnecessary rumor. And I got to tell you, thank God for uh, the hip hop artists here locally, Cash Dow, who reached out to me directly and said, Chief, I just want to tell you what they're putting out on Snapchat. And so she was able to refute it. But why do that? And, and, and Charlie, it's something you said at the beginning of your show. Uh, we're all in this together. Can we just work together as one right, and, and, right. and do this thing instead of getting involved? We got people who are so insensitive and selfish that are engaging in activities in different places across the city, whether it's in a park where 30 or so are out playing pickup basketball, mm -hmm. hanging out in gas stations. Um, what do they think this is? I mean, this is the real deal. It's the real deal. If I might. You know, so, 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 well, somebody pointed out, too, they said, you know, a lot of times these are people that have no hope or these are people that feel like they have nothing to lose anyway. So why, you know, why be concerned? Well, some of them who just, you know, I don't know, you can put any kind of adjective you want to it. You look out in California, you see some of the images out of California. There's some places where people are hanging out on the beach like it's just another spring day. I mean, who does that? Well, here, here here's, it's, it's not been a good year for violent crime in the city. So let, let me bring this all the way around. Murder's up about, you know, year to date. And you know how these things spike, but it's up about 50%. Murder. Shootings are up about a third. So I don't know what's coming, but you famously said, look, you encourage law-abiding citizens to arm themselves. Would you encourage law-abiding citizens in this time that we're living in to go get themselves armed? Well, you know, Charlie, my, my Second Amendment position is consistent. Uh, I think every law-abiding citizen should be armed. I'm not going to attribute it to uh, COVID-19. I think every American has a right to protect themselves, protect their family, protect another person. You know, one of the things that we've seen since March 13th when this, um, you know, really heightened quarantine or uh, started, uh, as you pointed out in one of your recent articles, um, we've had six homicides and uh, 44 non-fatal shootings. Some of our violence has been attributable to uh, domestic violence. Um, and, and, and maybe because of everybody being forced into a location. I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, our call load seems to have reduced. And so we have seen over the last several weeks a, a decline um, it seems like people are not engaging in as much violence, uh, but the violence is still obviously present. Uh, we don't want to take that away. And our cops are still responding uh, to the violence. Um, but it's a real yeah, issue. are still out there. Yeah, you know, it's about, you know, I mean, we don't need, it's a, for the month, it's about 15 and 65, which you just multiply that out, not a good year. But 
the assholes, I think that's what we want to call them, whether you're on the beach or you decide you're going to take over a park, they're going to be out there. And quite frankly, I'm trying to work with you and anybody else to minimize your people, your your rank and files contact. Get the fuck in the house, right? Put the gun away. I'm just at a loss this country. You know what I mean? Like you said, bag your fucking garbage so the garbage man doesn't get it all over him when the wind blows. I don't know what's wrong with us. But we got to help and, you. And, and I, I got to tell you something else, Sean, I want to share with you. We've had a couple of, and I'm going to use the word rare instances, where we have quarantined our own employees and some of these individuals without being properly tested. Now, these were non-COVID positive people, but they were quarantined for a reason. Uh, They opted to go into a work environment. I won't go into details. Despite the fact that they were not tested, they were quarantined. In fact, in one instance, uh, one that decided to come into a work environment issue later came back positive. So what impact, what did they expose uh, their fellow man and woman out doing this work? And then there was another one who just decided he was quarantined, not COVID positive. He decided he was going to work a secondary job. So he goes to work in a secondary job. Straight selfish. So, I mean, you don't think enough about yourself, but then you expose others in our workplace, the people that are out doing the tough work each and every day, got a problem with that. Yeah, but real problem. This this is in two very rare instances, not reflective of of a large number, but why do that? Uh, Chief, before we went on, uh, Bob and I and, and, and Mark, we were talking about, because we've seen a few instances where people are opting to deliberately cough on other people in grocery stores and, you know, public places. Really? Yes. So That one I've not heard. Oh, yeah, they are. Yes, they, it's there. I mean, there have been videos. So the question becomes, is coughing on someone without covering your mouth is that an attack? I mean, assault. And, and respo- well, exactly. And in, re- in responding accordingly as though your life is threatened. I mean, how do you, you know? Do, what does that Karen, look like? Karen, you bring a, 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 a great point. Wow. Uh, you bring a, a great point. I, I think if, let's say hypothetically, that a person who knows they're COVID positive purposely coughs on another person, one could certainly uh, argue that that was a felonious assault. But you have to be able to prove. But 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 how do you respond if somebody coughs on you and you don't know? You don't have time to test them. They don't have something on their forehead. I mean, how do you respond? Because to me, a vehicle is a weapon. You know, a hammer is a weapon. And under these circumstances, a cough and a sneeze unprotected is a weapon. You're right. So uh, you know, it'd be like an unloaded gun. Was the person intentionally trying to infect someone? Was the person positive? And if not positive in today's environment, would it constitute then a simple assault? Uh, I wish I had the answer. I'm not a lawyer, but uh, I think given other like crimes over the years, if a person certainly knows and willingly tries to inflict harm, 
in that scenario, I think, but you, but again, you'd have to know. You'd so, have to know if the person was positive COVID and their intent was to infect someone else. Well, even, even if you coughed on it, like you were faking it, right? That is still, uh, what would you call Intimidation? You can, you can take it yeah. for that. Yeah. If, if I was a cop, I'd do it. That's I mental abuse. It. You know, that's a mental, that's a mental attack because remember, now remember you're questioning. When, I don't know. I've just seen a lot of that. You know, people have videos all on social media of people in, in stores where, you know, tempers are flaring and their defense now is to cough or sneeze on the person that they're arguing with. So well, watch, it's illegal to spit on somebody, right, Chief? As it should be. Well, it is. It, it's yep. certainly an assault. If you spit on someone, it's certainly an assault. So you so, can be arrested. Yeah. So I guess in this environment today, you know, one could argue it could be a, a misdemeanor assault. Wait, well, we can do it on them homeless downtown. They're looking, they're starting to, you know, I know it's being policed, but they're starting to break shit. They're, they're looking hungry because there's, there's nothing to panhandle anymore. You know what I mean? It's, it's drug addicts and the mentally deranged. Um, if this keeps up, what are we going to do? Because if I'm a cop, I don't want to touch them. You know, um, our, our police have been addressing some of the homeless issues. One of the problems is a couple of the shelters have closed. Say it again. Say a couple it. of the shelters have closed. And, and, and certainly that's a problem. And, you know, when you look at uh, these men and women who are homeless, uh, it's undoubtedly, I mean, if you think about Skid Row in Los Angeles. Yeah, I am. You just got to imagine uh, that's a Petri dish for COVID. And I wouldn't underestimate our homeless here. I mean, they're out in the environment. And, and so and, and we just don't know enough about this disease uh, to determine how does it pass. I mean, I'm hearing stuff now that it stays in the air. I mean, if you cough or sneeze, it can just kind of hang out and uh, for some time. And so there's just so much we don't know. It's got me scared. About this, it is scary. It got me scared. And I don't know where we don't have enough sense to build a tent city in one of these big vacant lots where you, you can socially distance some of these guys, but give them a place where we can ladle out some soup and have them in a healthy place to sleep, at least just for this. And then we can go back to hating each other again. But I'm telling you, a virus doesn't know eight mile road. Doesn't know if you're a female, doesn't know if you're a child, doesn't know if you're black or white or brown or red or yellow. It doesn't no, it's know. actually, you know, Charlie, that's actually not a bad idea. It's not that you're embracing and empowering, you know, homeless camps, but given what we're dealing with today, mm-hmm. just thank God we don't have what they got going on in Oakland, San Francisco, and LA. But that said, we might be in a place where we could do something a little more responsive uh, and, and you know, creating those safety. social distances. That would um, be part of public safety in some capacity because not only is it protecting those people who are on the street, it's also protecting the public because even though we are limited uh, where we can go, people are still out. Some people are working in essential positions. Other people may be going to the store. I mean, so there's still that risk for, uh, you know, encounter and contamination. Right. So we're getting the we're getting the rapid response testing today. The federal government shipping it in, meaning we can turn this around in a matter of minutes. I don't know how effective they are. There seems to be. Some oh, I can tell you, it's it's very effective. Uh, in fact, I'm sad to report 
my, my brother, who was also a longtime city employee, uh, had been feeling a little under the weather, uh, got tested by that rapid testing uh, before it was actually released out. Uh, he came back positive within 15 minutes. Sorry. So how's he doing? Uh, he's okay. He's got some uh, some symptoms. He's uh, He had to go to the hospital because once he was notified uh, that he was positive, he passed out. So they took him to the hospital. He was in the ER for about four hours. They ran a few tests on him, and so he's at home um, recovering, and hopefully um, his symptoms won't get any any worse than what they are. So I'm going to ask you to dip your toe into some politics outside of your purview, but... You know I don't like doing that. I know. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Again, I, I know people's feelings about each other, and there's not a lot of, like, brotherhood and sisterhood in this country in normal times. But I'm sticking really to, you know, public safety, because I, I, I love you guys and gals, and I care about you, and I know what you I do. I know you do. I lived through 9-11, and I don't want to see that. I would recommend, and I'm wondering if you would, that every jail employee gets that, every one of them, and that every person, no matter if they're a scumbag or not, in the jail system gets tested before you kick them back out to touch us. Would you support that, sir? You know, Charlie, I like that idea uh, because if you're in a place, you know, just like anywhere else, if someone said, like we had that individual came in and, and did that presentation uh, out on the east side of Detroit, uh, Stoudemire, a guy that, that passed. From Marlowe. Out of Marlowe's death, we had to uh, quarantine 25. And I want to say that of that number, maybe four came back positive. So keeping with that thinking... It only makes good corporate sense that if you're going to release prisoners back into the community, particularly if you've been in an environment where some have come back positive, some have died, then it just makes sense that they get tested first. Check the temperature, get them tested, and then release. That would okay, be, so in my mind, kind of a responsible way to approach it. Madam Governor, Madam... Attorney General, Madam Prosecutor, Mr. Mayor, Mr. County Executive, Mr. Sheriff, take the chief's advice. Focus over here. It's a huge cluster. Get it done. I don't want to cure it anymore. People, you know how I do. If I'm on it, I'm going to stay on it until, as the chief of the Detroit police just said, it gets fixed as it needs to be fixed. I'm no expert. We need to do this. And we need to protect your guys because downtown... When the homeless are doing this and they're checking if the doors are open, the cops get out of their cars and they check the doors. Touch, touch. Get them out. Well, hopefully what's become institutionalized among our officers, that they're not readily touching doors and they're using those wipes, in addition to wiping down the interior of those police cars, <coughs> that they're wiping down uh, door handles as well. So, Well, one hopes, but, you know, how long does that stuff last? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, we're, I mean, we're, so conditioned, we're so conditioned to function a certain way. I mean, it's it's very tough being a police officer today um, in the field. Nothing okay. compares to it. Nothing compares to it. 
Nobody, nobody planned, right? I mean, there, where's your stockpile of stuff? I don't think, maybe it is, maybe it is. Maybe you should have done that. I don't know. But I know there's budgets for Homeland Security. Three million a year county alone. The state has it. Where is public safety's stockpile of stuff that I thought I was paying for? Well, I can tell you in terms of the PPEs, this was something we talked about early on during this pandemic. Uh, we wanted to make sure we heard pockets of complaints that there was some PPEs not available. Uh, we went out, we audited, and our stations are looking pretty good. That was the last report I got. Um, but again, you know, the other thing that we've changed is, as far as how we function out in the field, all of our officers are donning masks now. Uh, this just started over the last 72 hours, but they're actually wearing masks. Uh, and, and, and then you hear from the experts, the pundits that say, well, Wearing a mask is not going to help you. Then you got others that are now saying, well, if you wear the mask, it can help you. Uh, there's a lot of confusion, no doubt. Um, uh, the head uh, health director for the government seems to be locked on. And, and I tell you, we, we have a, a good uh, system here. I got to applaud the work of the Henry Ford Health System just doing a... Um, a phenomenal job and our rapid testing. I think we're one of the first places deploying that yeah, for first. our first responders. And, and again, I got to applaud the mayor. He reached out uh, to an entity out in Chicago. He brokered it. He made it happen. And that thing is on the ground right now. And I, I tell you, Charlie, the beauty of having that capability, particularly to our officers who are quarantined, we can now quickly go in even though they might be quarantined, we can get them a test and know within 10 to 15 minutes whether or not they're positive. Chief, you mentioned that the officers were wearing masks uh, and you know, part of the recommendations are not for the N95 mask, but for people to use bandanas and scarves. What does that do for maybe not necessarily a level of distrust in the city of Detroit, but between community and police officers when now, you know, you've, you've got, are these, are these gang symbols? Are we hiding? Are these robbers? Does that heighten the level of distrust that already exists between especially young black men and police officers? I don't think so. I think, uh, Karen, I'm going to uh, uh, friendly push back a little bit. You know, here in Detroit, I think we have a, an above average relationship. I mean, I'm not saying it's perfect. It's not perfect anywhere. I mean, just the fact that what we've done, I mean, uh, you witnessed this firsthand. I mean, what department has reached out to these young men in the drifting community? Uh, to, I've gotten calls of prayers and supports from the leadership of the drifting community. Said, Chief, you got to hurt and get well because when this thing is over, we they want you to race. They want you to race, but that's what I said. Maybe not in Detroit, right. because I, I, I think, that, and, and you know, certainly, in a testament to you and the department from top to bottom. But just you know, maybe at the national, because you have worked in other large markets across the country. Um, you know, just your take on that from a law, uh, from a law enforcement as a law enforcement professional. Well, I think it's important that we first we got to keep our police officers safe. Because if the entire police department starts dropping, guess what? We got a problem. And so we got to do everything we can to keep them safe. I got to ask, you talked about my picture, Karen. 
Is that uh, Nipsey Hussle from uh, Los Angeles? Uh, yes. Painting in the back. <laughs> yes. All right, just checking. I've got LeBron on the other wall and Nipsey on this one. <laughs> let me take this. Let me look. I, I almost forgot. For police departments, nurses, medics, first responders, uh, firefighters, all of you, garbage uh, workers bus drivers, all the people that are necessary that serve us. GM is making masks in Warren, okay? One of the guys in charge of that got a hold of me. Let me give you a website. It's easy. Givingback at GM.com. Givingback at GM.com. You go there, fill it out. Your organization, what you're looking for. You tell them you want the surgical masks and the N95s. And they'll put you on there. They're making them now. And, and that's the best I could do in bulk. I know oh, Ford has reached out. They're trying to help the county. <clears throat> Giving back at GM.com. Go there and, and get on it because this thing's going to go on for a while. You're going to need these. Right? We've got to ship them from the government. So there you go. That's good, Second, Yeah. Secondly, Chief, on your downtime, have you been making any videos? Are you doing any? <laughs> You know, Charlie. The uh, TikTok cheese. This is actually uh, don't don't do it, bro. I'm not I'm not quarantined without positive COVID. I'm quarantined with positive COVID, so I am not not even close to 100. percent And so, I mean, I'm surprised I'm sitting here talking to you as long as I am. You sounded bad when you came on when I talked to you this morning. I was a little bit worried. Yeah, I had a little raspiness in my voice. I've gotten a little better, but. We cheered you up, Chief. It's us. We made you. We're making you feel better. Well, this is a good thing. I might have to blow off my next call. I'm supposed to be talking to um, all the chiefs across the country are having a, a Zoom call at two o'clock. But um, I'd die to get on that. That'd be an interesting call, wouldn't it? Give me a code. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it. Yeah, that'd be an interesting call. That's that's the ground zero there. Look, I could these. The reason I asked about the video, I'm just saying it. Look, everybody in a position of power, you ask for it. I don't, you know, everybody's entitled to do what they want. Could you imagine Trump doing that shit? That'd be, it's ridiculous. Look, you're the big pants. Act like it because we need to believe somebody knows what they're doing. And I really do appreciate you coming on because, you, you know, I've, I've been out with you guys. You know, I've been out right. with you. They're working. Right. It, however broken it is, however much money you don't have, they're there. That's a fact. The deputies are going to work. That's a fact. So right. we know who's in charge. I agree. So thank you, sir. Thank you, Chief. Yes, sir. You might be well and uh, don't die again, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you made me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even cough on me like that. I don't know what this. You know, I just coughed. I just coughed when you said that. But um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on here, and um, and uh, I think the big takeaway is: can we all together as one uh, work together, put all differences aside, and let's just make this thing happen. Right on. Find some constructive to do. Right. Say, so, hey, uh, thanks. Cheese. Thanks again. You all take care. Right. Feel better, Chief. Thank you. I will. Thank you so much. Thanks. See you later. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
TensorFlow load. It's interesting. Okay. You said what, Charlie? Said so the the feds are furloughed. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that. Who would be ringing my door? Can you guys? Um, someone's no, at my right. door. Someone's oh. at my door. That's like you're not allowed okay. to be at my door. Well, that's fine. Hold Go on. ahead, Bob and I and Mark. We'll hold it down. Go. Maybe I'll, I'll take this with me. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's go on a trip, a trip through Charlie's that. house. Don't touch anything. <laughs> Tell him to go away. Yeah, who would be knocking on a door? Who's doing that? Two o'clock. Maybe got maybe got a delivery. From I got to do this. You know why I'm getting her close to my face? Because all the freaks online that would be looking at my house. Oh, so they don't know the interior, the layout of your house. Yeah, I don't because people. Who's pulled up in my driveway? <laughs> it's, a, it's a great it's shot, either. though. Somebody, whoever the dog is barking at, dude. It's. Do you have your weapon, Charlie? Yeah, go get your shotgun. <laughs> oh wait a minute! It's my it's my daughter's karate instructor. Uh oh. Since Sensei J. <laughs> wait okay. a minute! Is she getting classes at home? No, they they're doing Zoom karate. It's amazing. What, what is she doing in the driveway? Is he doing it from your house? <laughs> Why is he there? Hold on. Hey, hey, Bubba. Bubba? I don't I don't know. That's my wife. Oh, hey, Bubs. <laughs> hey, Bubs. Yeah. Since Jay's in the driveway. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Tell Bubba I said hey. <laughs> hey, Bubba. Karen says hey. Hi, Amy. <laughs> so Her does name Bobby. Is Bubba. Bob. Yeah, she's, it's she's Bubba. 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 That's freaky. A guest. Yeah. How weird. No one hey, do you know how there. happy you are to see the mailman these days? Because you don't get to see anybody. Hand me the mail. Hand me the mail. The UPS guy the comes. It's like Christmas. <laughs> I'll be happy when my stimulus check comes. Hmm. You got some time. <laughs> I don't I don't even know if I get one. Yeah, I know, man. Everything here. Let me, oh, I forgot. Okay. No Bullshit News Hour brought to you by ADR. Confident. Get the job right. On time, on budget, ADR Consultants, 248-318-9424. Guess what? Your business, your business, right? Yeah. Your projects have slowed down. You got to figure out this is true. what you're entitled to, the small business loans. ADR, our good friend Barry Ellentuck, honest, ethical, smart, 248-318-9424. Whether it's government or private industry, reduce your costs, increase your bottom line, navigate the government. Uh, this is too much, Charlie. So why? Oh, Luke Nowacki. I'm, hey, Luke, <laughs> let me just give out Luke Nowacki's number, right? For your personal financial strategy or for your business or for your pension fund. Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748 for rational financial advice. I got a uh, message from somebody I don't know. Saying, okay. I want to tell you something about Luke Nowacki. My sick mother, who made $14 an hour, Luke Nowacki sat with her. He advised her, didn't charge her. He treated her with dignity, a little person. The guy said, you don't even know who you hooked up with. And yeah, Luke is a really decent dude. He's smart. He's knowledgeable about the markets. And he'll, he'll listen to you. People are lining up now. Yeah, we were telling Did everybody he, to call a long time ago, remember? We kept saying yes. it was coming. We said it was Did coming. 248-663-4748. It alliterates. 248-663-4748. And of course, money's in a pinch. You have equity in your home. Hall financial rates are at an historic low. Everything's at an historic low. Mm -hmm. There's some place 
where you can float your home, reduce the amount you're paying each month. Seriously, these lines are long now. So call our friends at Hall Financial, 248-308-5000, or go to davidhallmortgage.com. They support the show. We support them. Help yourself. David Hall um, and Associates, 248-308-5000, davidhallmortgage.com, Equal Housing Lender, uh, NMLS 1467435. And I mean that. We don't really have advertisers that we don't have a relationship with because it's just weird to me because it's got to come out of my mouth. Right? Okay, no. Sorry. Never mind. I was going to make a joke. I, I, I'm not. Go ahead. Make the joke. No, it, I'm not. Hey, Mark, you know what? Yeah. John, J- Johnny Medic. Yes. You want me Johnny to on the spot? Yep. Yeah, but guess what he's doing? I don't know if we're going to be able to get him. Guess what he's doing? He got a run oh, no. in the middle of this, and it's CPR. Oh, oh wow. Boy. Now, I'm going to tell you something. New York Fire, Detroit Fire, right, because they are also medical first responders. They're not paramedics, right, but they got medical training. They've been told to lay off. Yeah. No CPR, well, right? Don't don't get near him. This is Johnny on the spot. This is a guy who works uh, triage at the hospitals and then works a second job as a Detroit paramedic. He's like one of the dudes who wanted to come on and talk. And if you want to give him a buzz, Mark, I'll I, try him. I, I don't think we're going to get him, but, you know, you know, I'm just for the people that, that do shit. I don't, I don't like people that talk. So does he do CPR now or no? The, the official word is they're not allowed to do it. I'm, I'm curious, dude. I mean, right. We hear this is the thing about like no bullshit and real journalism is what, what, what are you really doing out there? Well, yeah, because, you know, the first instinct of these all these first responders is to save a life. And, you know, how do you roll up on somebody who, you know, they need CPR and you're told not to give it to them? Well, I've also heard, too, that, you know, and I'm not sure if this was limited just to certain cities. But, you know, if, in fact, you had a patient that had no pulse, don't bring them into the hospital to resuscitate. You know, if you didn't you didn't get a pulse before then. Just let it go. So so people with other health issues are also being negatively impacted by this whole thing because the resources are just, you know, overwhelmed. Oh, they don't have body bags. They're in body bags. So when someone dies from this, now they pack their nose in their mouth with gauze, wrap you in plastic, put you in a bag, wipe the bag down, and then put you in another bag. They're running out of bags. Wow. They're, order, they're ordering tractor trailers at the county morgue. This is very serious, you know. And again, you don't got to waste. Here, I waste. I did this on Facebook last night. I, I, I said, I put this and I said, caption this. <laughs> I was just joking. I was just no, joking. You weren't. <laughs> I, well, I kept the thing. I'm proud of it, you know. But. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story about that because a friend of mine in the business talked to me this morning and he's working from home and he had one of these stacked up there or something, right? Like in the background. And he got a call or he got a message from a guy going, hey, dude, you, do you know what time you're living in? The fuck is that? To which naturally a human being, he fired back at him. You know, relax, motherfucker. We're all trying to get through it. And then he told me he thought about it and he called his buddy in the Air Force and his buddy in the Air Force said, 
yeah, man, the guy was right. And I said to my friend, I go, did you put this in the background on purpose? Or was it already there? He said, I put it there. See what an honest man he is? Mm -hmm. He's an honest man. And then he said, I thought about it. And I wrote the man a message back apologizing because he was right. Wow, See, and that, and that guy, that's a great, that's a, that's my friend. I'm very proud to have a friend like that. Yeah, no, Johnny, huh? Yeah, he's probably too busy saving lives. Hold, hold, hold that sign up again. Why, you want to rag on my penmanship? I was trying to make it big enough for you to see. What does that say? No Johnny. no Johnny Medic. No Johnny Medic, which is okay because he's yeah. out doing okay. real work. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know? he is doing real work, unlike us. But that's 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 a, that's a sign of of character and integrity, Charlie. For yes. somebody one to be able to reevaluate or reconsider what they've done, and then to go back and apologize for it because they knew it was offensive to somebody else. That that speaks volumes. It doesn't it, somebody, especially somebody in the public eye, because people don't do that. They just want to shrink away and say, "Hey, I was right," or forget about it. So that that says a lot. Well, it is tough being in the public eye, and you know, I mean, no, I just didn't think about it. You know, I didn't think about it. But that is the ultimate trinket to nothing. This should have got me filling weekend anchor. Here I come. And look where it is today. It is. It works perfect. It's an easy one to change, too. What's that, bro? It's an easy one to change when the toilet paper's out, too. Look at that. No fumbling Ooh. around. See? Look at that. Yeah, nice. It, cool. it is starting to earth. I got to tell you the story about how you get one of these, though. This is not how I got it. But normally now, you as the reporter have to nominate yourself. Yeah. What? And then you, you pay 300 bucks to nominate yourself. Right? Like, no thank you. There's your award. <laughs> no thank you. Because that's not my, my culture's not congratulating myself. I was nominated for an award once and there were some other people up for it. We were asked to buy ads for this event. Yeah. I bought a $350 ad. I think I won. I didn't really feel like I won. <laughs> I felt like because I bought the ad. So I guess it's kind of a, what was the, what was Trump's term? The quid pro quo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. All awards uh, have to be nominated. Usually a company will do it, but a lot, a lot of them. Yeah, are personally uh, self-dominated. Yeah, self-dominated. But you, yeah, you see what it's doing to us? You know, and I, look, I, I'll tell you what, what's really behind this is in the news business, it never stops. There's no end of the season, right? There's no, there no sweeps anymore. There's no party. There's, you know, and it, it, it can grind you down. Mm -hmm. And I, in, in TV news today, local TV news, they make you do two stories in a day. It, that's why it seems empty because it is. It is. There's, there's no way to, to get deep into it. And so you got to concoct things to like, okay, you know, that there's the, there's the finish line. Mm -hmm. And then the new season starts, but <clears throat> nobody's out there. You, you guys got to do the jail, man. And, and you got to hold the power accountable. Uh, the job is not, to let's all be together in this time, right, of crisis and, and hug each other. Our job as no bullshit reporters is, you see the chief? Like, I'll hammer his ass, right? But we respect each other. He does his work. I do my work. He reads it. I know what he's accomplishing, what he's not, and it makes it better. So. Well, you know, you mentioned the chief. Pretty interesting, though, that he didn't know the condition of the jail. And what did he say? Right. He was surprised. 
He said, fucking fix it. Right. I mean, but isn't that kind of amazing that the chief of police doesn't know the condition of the jail that he's sending people to? But, you know. That's not his wheelhouse, you know, but yeah. he knows the condition of it. Well, I don't, he didn't know that that's what's going on. And nobody, nobody's, re- if you think about it, he said, what, 115 people are out, right? Out of his department, yeah. Are tested positive. His department's 2,500 people so far. And I know the number is higher. Officially, 62 um, people in the sheriff's department have tested positive, and there's only 500 deputies. Do that math. That's a lot. They're a quarter the size and got half of it, so the infection rate is double. Wow. And they're they're putting hands on people, and then they go home Mm. to all the communities. This is not... Charlie, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but I just want your insight. How is this, how is this, give me, what do you, what do you see the next 30 days looking like? I mean, we're, the United States is now second to Spain in terms of confirmed um, uh, cases. I mean, where are we headed? Well, I would say we're the third largest populated country in America and we're the third largest by landmass. We're huge and we're rich. And we move. Okay, so basically, this is Europe, right? Mm -hmm. About the same size, about, you know, Mm -hmm. 100 million here, whatever. It's the same size. So if you look at Europe, that's probably what you're getting here. I would encourage you, don't lose your mind. Do what's asked of you. And and don't behave like Spain. They didn't take it seriously, Right. right? And they got whipsawed. This is a flu that spreads three times stronger than the normal flu. And in in a normal year, the flu will take out 50,000 people, right? And we have vaccines for that flu. So it's really serious. It's don't lose your mind, find constructive things to do. And by the way, if you're gonna clean your house out, right? with, With all your furniture and shit, store it behind the garage for like a month or two months. Don't do that to a fellow human being yeah. and have these guys, my garbage guys, I saw them. They were wearing tattered restaurant gloves. Like they were ripped mm-hmm. wow. and, and, and they get filthy and everybody says, well, it's automated. It's not automated. Don't do this to them. Right. Try to whittle down. And what I'm really worried about when this is over and we will get through it is the money. Because all of this have and have not we were talking about before was a warning. This wasn't a shit on anybody. It was a warning that something's around the corner. It just so happened to be a pandemic, right? But it could have been any defaulting of loans. We're here. Michigan, again, is hit the hardest. Per capita, we've lost more jobs except Hawaii and Hawaii's tourism. Nobody, nobody comes to a tour here. This is what we're living in. And if we're going to start, then we're going to, that's what's going to happen. That's my criticism. It's scary. It is. I mean, you want to, you know, stay positive and focused and that whole thing. But the uncertainty is quite um, scary. It's scary. It is. But don't, you can be. 
anxious, but don't be scared. Don't be scared of life's coming at you. This is not 1930. It's not 1918 when the when the Spanish flu was going around. Right. We're not dropping nuclear bombs on. The world's not at war. We can do this. We can absolutely do this. And we will do this. And again, remember, the chief, they're, they're, they are contingency plans. We know, right, our capital city is Detroit. And don't laugh at me when I say it. That's our big city. It is. Okay? Look. Look. People are hungry. They're not going to get the checks. There's not an unemployment for them. School's out. The, the police are sick. They haven't been paid in the best of days. What do you think's probably going to come? Hell, <laughs> to be honest. Yes. I mean, yeah. because people are going to shift to survival mode at right. some point. They are. I mean, and so that, what does that look like? I don't know. But they are. I mean, that, that's a natural human instinct. It, it, hey, well, you're right. It's again, I'm telling you now, get ready for that. And for me, I'm sorry. When I know night after night, this fucking phone right here, this thing goes till four in the morning. Let me read you yeah. one. Ready? This is just what happens. Because people are following what's going on. Right. Here, let, let me see here. Okay, this coming out of the jails. This is a this is a higher up. Let me make sure I don't say any names here. It would be great, greatly appreciated if you could ask, why are inmates still piled and crammed into elevators from different wards and still going to recreation? Why are there 100 cases, 1,000 pairs in each box, of gloves being hoarded in the basement of Division Two, the maximum security, instead of being donated to hospitals who need them? Why are deputies still wearing the same mask they were issued Monday? They were told that that was the only mask they were going to get, and they had to sign for it, had to sign for a, mask, a paper mask. Ten deputies wow. are working recreation, can be reassigned and cut down on overtime, somebody's thinking, and cut down on infection exposure. So, person that sent this, there you go. This kind of shit. I don't need dancing videos, but I'm just a citizen. But I'll tell you what, if I saw Trump doing that shit, oh, yeah. Right? Yes. Nobody do that shit. It's not funny. And the way to govern is not to be hip on yep. Facebook. It's true. Yep. I agree. Because I'm, I'm not seeing it. Want to know why it spread? Here's my impression. We took half measures as a state. We waited for other states to do it. We tried to soft landing it. Right? Then everybody was thumbing their nose at authority like the owner of the casino who decides he's going to hang up tarps. And that'll keep people to an... This is what happened. The buses, you didn't react to them quick enough. You're not reacting to the jail quick enough. That I have seen in my decade here, folks, this is not normal. Hey, Charlie, do you have any like anecdotal stories about people when they're let out of the jail? Uh, you said they're not tested. Are they, do they take their temperature? Do they give them any kind of instructions to you know, self-quarantine? I mean, what do they tell them individually when they leave? See ya. Bye. Nothing. They don't have a database where they're going. Here's what I hear. Like a lot of them with the tethers, the incorrigible guys, they're sending them to the halfway houses, the drug rehab joints, right? Oh, and every day, on. the sheriff's department has got to go find these guys because they'll abscond. And so... So you're solving one problem by making two new ones. You're injecting them into the community. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Now, last night, a guy told by the one of the guys that handled him, shit himself. You know, 
you wear the orange when you're a trustee. That means you get to work and move around. They found him like this in the, in the cell. He had shit his pants, had a fever. They kicked him. And in the jails, are there not, because that guy's email or whatever that message was he sent to you sounded like they're not quarantined in their cells and they're still moving around freely. Right. They're mixing and matching. When I went there two weeks ago, they're like, you know, take a look at it, know this was coming. Elevator number two broke. They got jammed like it always does. And a deputy was in there with three inmates. Three. I don't even, that's not even safe. No. Yeah. That's I mean, how under, COVID, that's, COVID you know, that's or how not. undermanned yeah. it is. Wow. And I, I'll blame us all. Because again, we spent $400 million on what we ended up getting as a whole, the failed jail. Nobody did a day in jail for that. The reason I do all these is folks, here's your money. Like it's gone. And, and everybody's eating steak at home that, that made money on that one. Right. Meanwhile, now that we need that, we don't have that. It's all like this. I'll give you another story. We had her on our show. Marion Fontana, the head of the Widows and Survivors Association of Ground Zero. I met her as I was I was profiling her husband's um, firehouse. They were going to close it like two days after 9-11. Big protest. I met her. We develop a relationship. Reporter. She becomes an advocate. Once the gold was taken out of Ground Zero, out of Deutsche Bank. They removed the bullion. Mm-hmm. They were going to turn it into a reclamation project. Just bulldoze it, take the bodies, throw them in Fresh Kills landfill, right? She'd call me up in tears. And I said, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm the reporter. But what are you thinking of doing? She says, I'm going to get all the girls together. I said, you tell me where you're going to be. I'll be there with my pen. I can promise you the cameras will be there. They did it. It stopped and it became a recovery project as the dignity would Mm -hmm. assume we would do in the first place. So that's, you know, I'm not getting on board with Rudy Giuliani. I'm not getting on board with Whitmer. I'm not getting on board with Trump. From the ground, we, the reporters, tell them in the suits what's happening so they can have a non-bootlicking view of things, right? Because a bureaucrat is going to tell the boss, what he wants to know, that's really supposed to be our job. So I'm just going to focus. I know, hey, Oakland County, I live here. I know there's an issue with the jail. I know we've got first responders here. I can't do all of it. I'm going to take Capital City. I went out the other night with a cop who's now in quarantine. So I'm, you see, I'm a smoker. And they, like the chief said, it's, you know, allergy season. Mm-hmm. I'm like... <clears throat> So I'm, I'm worried, right? But I will keep doing it because I, I can be of some help. I do feel it's necessary. And I am wearing the gloves and the mask and I'm not getting near people. I do that, I come home. My wife goes to the store. I, I won't do it, but I feel, for, you know, Mark, yeah. for your, your children and Bob, your grandchildren, Karen, your children, that I got to keep them honest. You, you, you can't, even the chief of fucking police said to fix it. Once you fix it, I'll shut up. Well, Charlie, you know, I'm, I read some of the Facebook live comments uh, and Tariq Beydoun said, journalism must be resurrected. Like it's not what it used to be. 
Um, it, it's not. It's 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 coming to something else. And then we had uh, another viewer point out that um, you know Ronnie Mitchell is also watching and said, you know, we got to remember too, we got people out playing in the parks when people come out for whether they're coming out of prison because they're out of school, whatever. Yeah. We still have people in such a deliberately close confinement that we're contaminating or cross-contaminating because some people are asymptomatic. They don't know if they're carrying the virus. So, I mean, we're not doing any of this the right way. We're not. Well, and to, no. and to that point, if people are like, eh, there are people in jail, who really cares about those people? You know, if people want to be cold and callous about it, it's not always about them. It's about who they're going to pass it to and spread it to. And I don't know why that message is so hard to get through to people that right. I think, it I doesn't think matter. Because when you, when you hear people talk like, uh, like a murderer, like OJ, man, oh, he's going to jail. No, he's not going to jail. He's going to prison, mm-hmm. right? Jail means you've been sentenced to a year or less or you're waiting for trial or you're booked overnight. Yep. You come and go. It's a turnover every day. It's a whole different thing. But last night when there were questions given to the governor, I heard questions about the prison system, but I didn't hear anything. About the, jail. about the jail system. And that's the one we should be concerned about. Again, it's the only place I know of besides the hospital where strangers commingle, they, they cohabitate, they sleep together at night, and then they're out. At least yeah. in the hospital, they're looking at you. In jail, they're not. So this is a public crisis. If you think this is a crisis, and there are a couple of people out there that don't. And it's not a Go I'm ahead. sorry, go ahead, Charlie. No, go ahead. Stop go ahead. sending me the conspiracy theory oh, fucking videos. Oh, no. um, but we also got, I mean, I like, you know, I like knowing that people are watching and reading and, and I certainly appreciate that. So we also had uh, a listener slash viewer send us some links saying, hey, people are deliberately coughing around the country and they're being arrested for such. And she sent us some links. So Natalie, thank you for that. We'll check it out. But Thanks, yeah, Natalie. Yeah, that's Remember, the cop, remember the cop that's got to go arrest that asshole. Yeah, that, but that's a big deal. People are now doing that. You know, I, I guarantee you, if that happens to me, come and get me out of jail. By the way, jail, that person's going to jail, right? And that person right. has rights because we're not in martial law. Like that's true. Abra- Abraham Lincoln suspended habeas corpus, mm. meaning you have that. you have rights, and they're going to let you out. You have rights to make bail. Yeah, that's true. So you're coming and you're going, you and the only one, ha- <laughs> of course, I would. Well, thank you. <laughs> but here's another one, and I was asked this by county officials, who, by the way, I haven't seen anybody make any public statements. Right. Nobody. They sure haven't. Why are our courts still having in-person hearings? Arraignments are done by video, but probable cause hearings for felons and whatnot are brought into the courtroom. That's the judges. That's the lawyers. That's the deputies. That's right. That's all the civilians who work there are exposed. Can you please just do it by video? I don't know what's wrong. We've can, always got a reason why we can't do stuff. Can I ask School's you? School's done. An odd question. Well, is there a way to just postpone that for three weeks, two weeks? Or do they have to? I mean, I know there's just a major backlog in courts, but is there a way to postpone that? I would say non-essential shit. Yeah, yeah. like trials. Yeah. That's postponed. But again, not an attorney, right? But I know a few. Mm-hmm. 
probably a probable cause hearing it would be much like an arraignment. It's just another step they added. So you can't indefinitely suspend somebody's arraignment, right? You, yeah. you, you have to charge them. Well, there's three days. There's laws that say you have to have an arraignment in so many days. Exactly. Well, that's the constitution, bro. Right. Right. So case law. I don't know. I don't know that you can suspend that. You know? So I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know. Look, you know, I was at, I don't even remember <laughs> who I voted for, but this isn't a political thing with me. If you're the attorney general of the state, right? You're the leader. I, I know maybe I'm a little rough, but I, I, I'm, I'm, my heart's breaking. When you're out here looking at these cops and, and jailers and stuff is when you're the attorney general, make the call. Because I don't want to see kitty cat pictures. You're entitled to do it. And I'm a, I apologize. Maybe it was a little too much. Not helpful. But now you know where I'm coming from. It's a ton of pain and fear out there. And just some good, sharp, focused leadership. And I know you're working your ass off. But I'm trying to show you another problem over here that you got to take care of now. Because one moment. 12 sheriff's employees of the courts, right, have tested positive. Get what I'm saying? How many? Like 60, you said? Well, of the 60, 12 of them worked the courts. Yeah, like like the bailiffs. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. This is an issue. So we probably got to work on it. Every place is a Petri dish. You know, somebody pointed out about nursing homes. I mean, when you've got people that are living in, in close confinement, you know, sleeping in shared quarters, jails, I mean, every the courts, all these places are Petri dishes. Yeah, they are. You know, and this is, you were in government. You know, you know, if you were on the other side of it, I, I, I like how the chief handled it. Right. He didn't even lie. He didn't even lie and bullshit. Yeah, crime's up. It's up, right? He's not lying about it because we're all trying to find an effective way to help him help us. So, yes, these places are Petri dishes. This is where our focus should be. Absolutely. Right. Why? You notice how the buses are running downtown and nobody's on them? Yeah. A guy from one of the bus drivers just suggested, he was like, you know, there's nobody on these buses and the people that are on them, you know, still aren't necessarily, you know, respecting the the guidelines that they've asked in terms of, you know, you know, they board, they have to board at the back, but they're still able to go to the front and back. It was like, why not just shut down the bus system for a while? Because they're, you know, I have seen people waiting at the bus stop, but the numbers aren't there. I'm not sure it's justifiable, but at the same time, I can certainly understand the city not wanting to put those people who depend on public transportation, you know, at a complete disadvantage by just totally shutting it down. So that that's a quandary. Well, all you need it for is the grocery store. That's all it should be at this point, right? Allegedly, yeah. Well, but if you need to get to the grocery store, you need to get to the grocery store. Yeah. Or the doctor, you know, if they're trying to get to the doctor, you know. But that was another thing. What This testing um, at at State Fair, like you have to have a vehicle. There are a lot of people in the city of Detroit that don't have vehicles. So what does that do if, in fact, you have uh, somehow secured a prescription uh, and to be tested? Do they do like drive-thrus and turn you down if you're not in a car? Uh, yeah. I, well, and the other question is, and I don't mean to be divisive or bitter. I'm not. But the public safety is getting tested first. Right. They, right. As they should. Sure. And I believe the inmate should be also tested. And people aren't going to go for that because why should us come back get it? And I don't. But there, obviously we've gone over the reasons. But I am curious. 
I don't know where to get a test. I have a doctor, right? I don't know how TV personalities and city council presidents get their test when they don't have a 102 degree fever and you're on the air in your basement the next morning. I, how do you get tested? Maybe this new thing we have, we all get tested. That's how China contained its numbers, though. And I know everybody said, well, it's a different form of government. But they, yeah, tested they every, But they tested everybody and they quarantined those who tested positive, you know, so there wasn't any type of cross-contamination. So, you know. Sure, but the CIA is now we saying they lied. We're still you know? doing that kind of haphazard, well, you know, shot and dark testing. testing. You know, we, we're, we have a problem with the testing and enough people are not being tested. I couldn't get a test. I tried to get a test. Really? Let me remind everybody, you are an American. We're the greatest country in the world. We're the richest country in the world. Where is it? It's not just Trump. It's not just Whitmer. It's not any of them. It's all of us. We have to demand more and keep our eye on what we think is being done. It's been two decades since 9-11, two. I don't remember any civil defense response practice test by our emergency personnel in the city, any chemical warfare response, any natural disaster response. I don't know where our equipment is that I thought we had. We don't have ventilators. We don't have a master plan for this. We can blame the federal government, right? I guess Obama maybe had one. Trump got real. That's what, where's the state's response? Where's the county's response? Where's the city's response? And where was your own response? Oh shit! Oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Rona, don't do it! Don't do it, Ma. <laughs> Bobby, you just coughing your hand, dude. Yes, he did. But he's at home. I did. I did. Yes. Tonight, I washed your hands before you touch anything. Immediately. I did. Would you? Do you need a toilet tissue? <laughs> 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 I'm gonna strap this base to my motorcycle, man. Nice. <laughs> like a hood ornament. Yeah. I was gonna say, put it on the front of the cab. Yeah. <laughs> That was like, uh, was that Marlon Brando in what was it, the, the wild one? No, nothing. Uh, no, nothing. Okay, Marlon Brando, the wild one. Okay, another one, Doctor Strange Love. Yes, okay. yes, definitely watch that. That's okay. a good one. I, I watched film. it, it holds up. Great film. And anything else anybody's watching, we should know about? I'm watching All American on Netflix and I love it. It is great. I'm, I'm, I'm quick synopsis what is it? It's too deep, Charlie. It's just it's okay. it's it's, it's um, about a young African American football player. Uh, he goes to Beverly Hills so he can play. But there are all these underlying connections about friends, family, uh, the perpetuity of the burden um, that parents have and then give to their children. It's just it's really good. I I, I like it. You know the, the the disparity between those who have and those who don't. But yet, and still, the family um, challenges that are shared by both—it's—I'm enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. Mark, what's the name of that movie? What's the name of that movie uh, with Sandra Bullock? That, the the, fo- the football movie. Blindside. Oh, Blindside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. this Blindside when Netflix scratched it out. <laughs> they, uh, they stole the story. Really, it's a, probably it's kind of a combination of a whole lot of things that you've seen. 
but mm-hmm. I'm just trying to look at it kind of, you know, just from that particular show itself. Tay Diggs is in it. Not a fan of Tay Diggs, but I really like the show. There are some young actors that Let I think are doing a phenomenal job. So, not all American. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, Bob, what are you watching? I'm watching a thing on Showtime called Hunters. Oh, it's on Amazon Prime. Hunters. Or Amazon Prime, it's yeah, phenomenal, yeah, it's phenomenal. It really is, um, and I think I'm, I think I'm three episodes in. Yeah, okay. and, uh, I would definitely recommend it. Fictional account of uh, Jews in America in the 1970s hunting down Nazis that live here now. Yeah. Oh, and I know a Nazi hunter. I actually, I actually went to a Nazi's house with a Nazi hunter here in Mac- in Macomb County. Only you. And you know what's, you know what's trippy. What? He had Bambi and Thumper. He had, he, had, he had um ceramic Bambi and Thumpers on his front yard. Oh. That, that's how he hides. Who would think? Huh? Who would think a Nazi would be a fan of Disney? So you can imagine how we edit it, right? Which is Nazi Hunter. And then and we, we got a picture of like Bambi and then Thumper. And we got the... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so what's with this Tiger thing that everybody's talking Tiger about? Tiger King? Oh, you haven't watched it yet? What's wrong with you? I, because I, I, I watched the trailer. I was like, I'm not watching this crap. It looks like trash to me. I couldn't watch it. What it's trash, it? but you, you didn't like Baby Boo Boo. What? You didn't Baby. like Baby Boo Boo. No. Who was Baby Boo Boo? I like Never. Honey Boo Boo. That was Honey Boo Boo. I did. I did like Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> now she's all grown up. I did like Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> I liked watching poor white trash. I was like, oh wow. Well, <laughs> that's what Tiger. That's is. what Tiger King know. is. Yeah, I'm over it. I've had my feel. Oh man, <laughs> Tiger King is the best collection of white trash I've ever seen. This side of HBO's <laughs> Meth Storm. Both of them. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm a. Well, Karen, here's yeah. here's what I want you to do. What? I want you to watch it. Right. And think of it as a documentary, because once we come out of our houses and the economy's all fucked up, <laughs> you better be brushed up on white trash. <laughs> Q just uh, responded. She's she's watching on Facebook Live. Hey, Q. And she said, uh, I, you must watch Tiger King. It's, so I, ugh, if, I'll do it just for Anquinette? you guys. Is it Anquinette? Yeah, of course. It, is it, there another it, Q? Anquinette, send me some... <laughs> She's probably killing it right now. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Ask her. Uh, hey, Q, are you guys Listen. delivering? Are you delivering? See if she gets back up. Okay, I'm watching the comments. So yeah, do um, they deliver? That reminds yeah. me. But that. I don't smoke it because I have firearms. <laughs> what? So what does that mean, Charlie? I don't smoke. You're not allowed period, to smoke weed you? and have firearms. Oh, you're not. It's okay. Yeah. Well, I'm good. I'm going to choose the firearm over the other stuff. Yeah. Um, hey, you know what? You know what? Uh, the Chief's a Second Amendment proponent. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. So if you're going to get a firearm, it is open. It's essential. Don't go crazy. Q said for you, she will do, Charlie. Sweet. All right, Q, I, I will uh, I'll call you later. You can have Sensei J bring it over. <laughs> 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 well, okay, guys. Um, I love you. Love you back and more. Love you too, show. Good show. Action Jackson, get better. Detroit cop. He's like the George Patton of the streets. I, w- I was out the other night with him, and and uh, he's got the he's got the cucaracha now, and my wife's pissed. So if I get it and I don't die from it, I'm gonna die anyway because she's gonna kill me. <laughs> yeah. But all of you battling and all you doing the work, um, Johnny on the spot medic, no problem, dude. Thanks for doing the work, and. One of my favorites uh, of all time, Bill Withers. 
has passed, 81 years old today. Yep. And he's got a lot of good songs. This is not his best song, but it's his most appropriate song for the day. Right, folks? Amen. Yep. Very much Mark, so. thanks for doing it. Bob, take care of the cough. Karen, I'll talk to you. Thank and you. And Charlie. Guys. See you, Q. I'll be calling. <laughs> <laughs> Lean on me when you're not strong and I'll be your friend. I'll help Just might have a problem